Hello and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of AZ Vineyard Church. This week, Rod reveals Jesus in Revelation. Go get a notebook, grab a Bible, and expect to have an encounter with God today. We have been in a series here for a while, uh, coming from the, the first three uh, books of Revelation. And there's been an a intertwining message through all of that about the first love and about Jesus. And of course, today is December 1st. It's the beginning of our Christmas season. And we are heading into a time here where the focus is on Jesus. And so we're going to continue this. I'm going to stay in the book of Revelation, but I'm going to shift a little bit in the way that we're going to do it. Um, So I'm just curious, though, how many of you uh, had your lights up before Thanksgiving, your Christmas lights? Okay, got a few of you. How about your Christmas tree? All right. How about some of those giant inflatables out on the rock lawn? Okay, all right. Yeah, see, Karen and I came from Washington State, and uh, the first year that we were here, we went out to look at lights on houses. And, but the thing that really fascinated us was all of these giant inflatable things out on these rock lawns. So, you know, snowmen, snowmen, big giant inflatable snowmen out in a rock, rock lawn. And, you know, being from Washington where we have grass, I mean, I know most of you don't know what that is, but it's this green stuff that grows out of the ground. And, uh, and so, you know, we, we didn't, to start with, we didn't have the inflatables up there. It was, that was really unusual. Uh, it had lots of, you know, light displays and things like that. But so it was, just, it was just so fascinating for us. So we're running around all these neighborhoods and we're taking pictures of these inflatables and sending them back to our kids. Like, look at this stuff. Yeah, now we're used to it. Yeah, it's, a, it, it's fun now. We've got, we have some people in the neighborhood who've done that. We're... We're kind of traditionalists, so we, we always wait until definitely after Thanksgiving to put up the lights in the tree, and usually a little bit further uh, down, the, down the path here before we, we put things up. But uh, hey, and, and I know a lot of you have been watching on Facebook, you guys have been out cutting trees, and that's, that's cool, up in the snow, lots of, lots of fun. So we're going to start in uh, Revelation 1.1, right at the beginning. My message is titled, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. And in Revelation 1.1, I think we have a screen for that one, it says the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's how the book of Revelation begins. Now, some of the translations say a revelation from Jesus Christ, and that is also true because it is a revelation that's coming from Jesus to the Apostle John. But it's really, the, the really truest sense of, the, of what is being said there is that it is a revelation of Jesus Christ. So we have to look at, you know, what does the word revelation mean? Because we can get lots of different kinds of meanings uh, from that. But if we go into the original language, into the Greek, uh, we see that the, the word that is translated as revelation is apokalupsis, apokalupsis. Say that three times fast. All right. And it means an unveiling or a revealing. So we could say Revelation 1.1 says the unveiling or the revealing of Jesus Christ. 
But that sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? I mean, you know, we've got four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that definitely unveil and reveal Jesus. And in fact, and this is what I'm going to talk about here for a while, really the whole Bible reveals Jesus. You can find Jesus from Genesis to Revelation, to the end of Revelation. If you look for him, he is there. Now, I know some of you are kind of looking at me funny. I, you know, I can see those looks like, really? Jesus in the Old Testament? You know, I don't think I've ever seen Jesus in the Old Testament. Well, he's there. He's there, and I want to take a few minutes to show you that. And then we're going to come back to Revelation, and we're going to talk about what is Revelation unveiling? What is it revealing about Jesus? Because the whole Bible is unveiling or revealing Jesus in different ways. And, and we're, going to look at, we're, looking, we're going to look at some of those ways as we go through this message here today. How many of you remember the old Where's Waldo pictures? You remember those? You know, you, you look through that gigantic picture of people for that little guy Waldo trying to find him. Well, that's what the Bible's like. The Bible is like a Where's Jesus? And if you open your eyes to it, you'll find him. You'll see him everywhere, all throughout the entire Bible. And so I want to help you to be able to do that. So we're going to, we're going to take a look at Genesis 1-1. So we're going to go from the back of the Bible all the way to the front of the Bible. And in Genesis 1-1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So can you see Jesus there? Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, we, we can. It, it's a little bit of a stretch maybe for some. You know, you're kind of looking, well, yeah, I mean, it says God created the heavens and the earth. But, but let's confirm it that, that that was Jesus. So we're going to shift to John 1, 1 through 3. And it says, in the beginning was the word. I think we have a screen for that. John 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. How many things were made through Him? All, All things, yeah. And then it goes on to confirm that. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. So there was nothing in the entire universe that wasn't made by this person of God that is referred to as the Word by John. The Word was there in the beginning. The Word was God. So we know this is uh, one of the persons of God. And the Word was God. So we know the Word is God himself. And we know all things are made through him. So let's, let's go on and let's figure out who the Word is. And we drop down to John 1.14. And it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So we know from a couple of things there. Number one, the word became flesh. The word came to earth and became flesh. We know that was God coming, taking on flesh. We know that's Jesus. And the only begotten of the Father, the only begotten Son of the Father, another confirmation that this is Jesus. So this means that the Word, who was there in the beginning, who was God, who created everything, was Jesus in the Spirit. The portion of, of, the, of God, the, the uh, Trinity of God, the Son of God, 
who took on flesh and became the man we know as Jesus or as he referred to himself, the Son of Man. So the Son of God, the way, the word, the Son of God, he became Jesus. So Jesus was there in the beginning and he created everything that we can see out there, including all of us. All right, let's find Jesus in another Old Testament story that I know you're very familiar with, uh, Exodus 3. Uh, This is the story of Moses and the burning bush. Pretty much everybody's read it, heard about it. We're going to pick it up in verse 4. It says, So when the Lord saw that he, referencing Moses, turned aside to look at this burning bush, because he was very curious about it, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. All right, so so here's this word God again, okay? Let's let's go back into the original language, which is Hebrew in the the Old Testament. And this uh, word that is translated as God is Elohim. And we learned how to say that in Israel. Wasn't that good? Yeah, we were, we were in Israel, and, and we had uh, the guide that took us around. His name was Hen, and uh, it was spelled C-H-E-N, like Chen. You, you, you'd look at his name, you thought it was Chen. He said, no, 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 it's Hen, and you have to get the, you have to get the phlegm in the throat, the Hen. So, so, so this is Elohim, and, uh, and so Elohim is the one that is speaking to Moses at this moment from the bush. But if we go back to Genesis 1.1 that we already looked at, and we look again at the, at the Hebrew word that's translated as God in Genesis 1.1, it's the same word. It's Elohim. So, so this is, so Elohim is another name for the word, for the Son of God, for that part of God that was the creator, the one who created everything, who also we know as Jesus. Now, another name for the word, the Son of God, or Jesus, is the Lord of hosts. Uh, Some versions uh, say the Lord Almighty. Some say Lord of heaven's armies. Keep track of that one, Lord of heaven's armies, because we're going to encounter that one again here in a little bit. But we're going to look at Isaiah 54, 5. And this one one is so confirming that this is is Jesus, that it's, it's referencing. So this is the prophet Isaiah. Uh, some 700 years before Jesus was even born. And he says, For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Now, according to the, what we just studied, who is, who's the maker? Who made everything? So Jesus, the portion of, the portion of God that, that became Jesus. So the, the, uh, the Word, the Son of God, is this person who is the maker. And uh, is your husband, so throughout the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as the bridegroom. And we, the church, are described as the bride. So the bridegroom is another name for what? Husband, yeah, husband, and another name for Jesus. So this husband here, that we see the maker, which we already confirmed that that was Jesus, and the husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, so we get a new name. And your redeemer, who's the redeemer? 
Jesus, Jesus is the Redeemer, is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Uh, I'm going to give you one guess as to uh, what word is translated as God there. Elohim. Elohim. Yeah, we get Elohim again. So, so lots of confirmations in that scripture that we're talking about the, the, the word, the Son of God, who became Jesus, who became the Son of Man. Now, let's talk about another character everyone knows about, King David. See, King David was uh, very intimately acquainted with Jesus. Doesn't talk about that. You don't see, you know, David in the Bible talking to Jesus or talking about Jesus. But, but we, we'll see from Scripture that he was very well acquainted with him. I believe that, that Jesus uh, came to him often uh, when he was a shepherd boy out in the fields. I, I think that he had lots of those kind of lonely times where he had conversations uh, with, with God. And uh, in uh, 1 Samuel 17, 45... It says, then David said to the Philistine, that's Goliath, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Now we know the Lord of hosts is another name for the person of God we've been talking about here, the Word, the Son of God, or Jesus. So, and it says, uh, so David went in uh, 2 Samuel 5.10, so David went on and became great, and the Lord of God of hosts was with him. So the Lord of hosts was with him all throughout his time, throughout the, the good times, throughout the bad times, throughout the times when he was running from Saul and, and just, just trying to survive, uh, to the times when he's anointed king, uh, to the times when he actually becomes the king uh, of Israel, uh, to the times when he commits adultery and, and has a man killed and is confronted by God and has to deal with the punishment. Jesus was with him, always. It, it says that he was with him. So Jesus was there when he fought Goliath, and he was there in every part of, of David's life. Let's look at, at one more uh, example here, and that's, uh, we find this, and I don't, I'm not going to pull up Scripture on this because there's too much Scripture, but Genesis 14, right, just write it down, in Genesis 14 and in Hebrews 7, uh, both of them uh, talk about uh, Abram or Abraham, and he meets this really interesting character uh, named Melchizedek. And Melchizedek is uh, described as the king of Salem. Now, if you look up Salem in Israel, there is no place called Salem. There are no cities called Salem in, in Israel. But Salem was a, a name that was also, uh, also used for Jerusalem. So there were times there when they, when they called Jerusalem Salem. And so, so we could say that this, this person was the king of, of Jerusalem, but there is no Melchizedek that's listed in the kings of, of, uh, of Israel. So Israel or, or Jerusalem. So, so we have to go a little bit deeper there and we see that uh, the king of Salem, Salem uh, also means peace. So now we see the king of peace and it starts to come together a little bit. So we get the king of peace and uh, who's, who's usually associated with peace? Jesus. Jesus, yeah. Now, Isaiah 9, 6, 
is a scripture that we hear a lot during the Christmas season. It's, it's one of the popular Christmas uh, scriptures because it talks about the birth of Jesus. It talks about who this uh, Jesus is going to be. And one of the names that uh, Isaiah gets from God uh, to deliver in this prophetic word about Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Isaiah referred to the King of Peace. This, this, this is, uh, or uh, excuse me, in, uh, in uh, uh, Hebrew 7, Melchizedek is, uh, is referenced as the King of Salem, which is the King of Peace. Jesus is said to be the Prince of Peace. Now, the son of a king is called what? A prince. So the child, Jesus, born to be a king, would have been a prince. So he was born as a prince and and became, became a king. And we know he'll come back as a king. Now, Melchizedek, that actual name means king of righteousness. And so, again, you know, confirmation that, that this is, this is in, in some way Jesus. Uh, it also says Melchizedek was without father, mother, or genealogy. And we, we know there aren't any people on earth who, who don't have mother, father, or genealogy. Now, Jesus, when he was born, now had an earthly mother and had some genealogy. So he had relatives. Okay, but at this point, Melchizedek is coming in contact with Abram, Abraham, way before Jesus was born. So this, at this point in time, this is the Word, this is the Son of God, this is the one who has no father, mother, genealogy, and it goes on to say, without beginning or end. So we know God is, has no beginning or end, that God just was and is. So... I believe, based on this evidence, that this was a, uh, a time when Jesus came uh, in, in, in a pre-incarnate state, so obviously before he was born and took on flesh, but he came in a man form. And we see that a lot through the Old Testament, uh, where, where these, these, uh, these men show up, and they're clearly not men. They're not, they're angels, or in, in, in this case, they're Jesus. So... Uh, so we see, that the other thing that he does that, to, that really confirms it for me is he comes out right away and he brings bread and wine to him. And he presents bread and wine to him and he blesses him. What did we just do here today? Yeah, we just did communion with bread and wine. So there's just too many confirmations there that, that Abram or Abraham, when he, he's coming back from this war where he's, he's brought back Lot and all of Lot's family and, and all the spoils from war, and he meets this guy named Melchizedek, and it gets then further confirmed by how Abram responded to him. So he responded to him in the way that we respond to deity, which is by giving an offering. So he gave him 10% of the spoils that he had gotten from the war. So he recognized this is deity. This, this, is, this is God uh, that I'm talking to right now. So I want to give you just some real quick, uh, some others that you can look up on your own. We don't have time to go through these. I'm just going to hit them very quickly. I think we have a slide that has uh, Ezekiel 40, verse 3. 
Uh, Ezekiel meets Jesus in a vision. Uh, we know it's Jesus because of the way he's described, and he's described the same way in, in Revelation. Uh, Joshua 5, 14, uh, Joshua meets the commander of the Lord's army. Remember, we, we talked about that when we were talking about the Lord of hosts. Uh, some translations uh, say the Lord, the Lord of heaven's army, and we know in Revelation, when you look at the end of Revelation, that Jesus comes back with the, a human army, with the redeemed, redeemed people uh, that, that uh, you know, we will all be part of, and that's the, the, he's the Lord of heaven's army. Uh, Genesis 32, 22, uh, Jacob wrestles with a man. This is another one of those examples of, of, you know, we know this is not a man. This is not a man-man like I'm a man or John's a man. Uh, it, this, is, this is a supernatural man. Some people say it's an angel, but at the end of his encounter with him, uh, two things happened that, that confirmed to me that this was Jesus. One is that he changed his name. So he's changed his name from Jacob, the deceiver, uh, to Israel. And, and the, we know, we know from, from Israel that Israel then becomes the 12 tribes of Israel and the nation of Israel that, that we know today. Uh, Jesus cha- changed Simon's name to Peter. Jesus sa- changed Saul's name to Paul. So he's a name changer. God is a name changer. God changed uh, Abram's name to Abraham, uh, Sarai to Sarah. So, so God changes names. And then finally, in verse 30, it says that Jacob saw God face to face. So this was not an angel. He wouldn't have referred to it in that way if this had been an angel. Uh, he might have seen the glory on the angel, but he wouldn't have said, I, you know, I came face to face with God. So uh, to me, this is, this is again an example of this is a pre-incarnate Jesus showing up and making an appearance to someone in the Old Testament. Uh, in Daniel 3.25, famous story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're thrown into the fiery furnace, and the king looks in, and he says, didn't we throw three men in there? How come there's four in there now? And then he, and he describes in the New King James Version, it says that the fourth man is like the Son of God. Oh, yeah, so here's a, I mean, here's a heathen man. Here's a, here's a man who's not following God who sees this man in there and says, this man is like the Son of God. So, so uh, you know, here's Jesus inside the furnace protecting Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they're all over. These examples are all over the Old Testament. And I want to give you an assignment uh, here as we begin to wrap up uh, to start reading the Old Testament, period. <laughs> but read it with new eyes. You know, I think so many people never read the Old Testament. They, you know, if they read, they read the New Testament. And, and you're missing. You're missing out so much because by reading the Old Testament with the eyes of looking for Jesus, your Savior, throughout the Old Testament, you gain this new intimacy with Him. And you begin to see the story very different. You begin to see the Old Testament very different. Uh, you, you start to see the love of God all through, throughout the Old Testament and instead of just seeing the wrath of God that's so much in the Old Testament that is still there, but now because of Jesus, we don't see the wrath of God throughout the New Testament. See a couple of examples of it in there. Uh, but it will be there again one day. 
at the, at the end of times. So your assignment is to start looking at the Old Testament with the eyes of looking for Jesus. Where's Jesus? Where, as you read through the scriptures, where's Jesus? I, I know he's here. I know he's here. And, and we know he's there just to start with because uh, we, we call the Bible the Word. Okay? And we know who the Word is. So the Bible is Jesus speaking. All through the Bible is Jesus speaking to us. And he's there as an example to us all throughout the Old Testament. So in the Old Testament, I wanted, to, I wanted to come back now and then tie this up into what is the unveiling or the revealing of Jesus Christ. So the Old Testament is revealing Jesus as creator. So right from the very beginning, we see the creator and we are made in his image and we are creators. So, so the Old Testament is revealing him as, as creator. He creates new people with new names all throughout the Old Testament. Then in the New Testament, he's revealed as the Redeemer. So we get this, now, now Jesus, the, the, the Word, the Son of God, takes on flesh, becomes man, dies as a sinless man for us to cover our sins and, and redeem us. And so he is now the Redeemer. And then Revelation, the unveiling that occurs in the book of Revelation, is as Jesus as the soon coming King. Because he, he left the earth as the sacrificial lamb, slain for us. But he'll come back as a king, as a conquering king. And, and we will see him uh, very soon. Uh, we're going to wrap up by reading Revelation 19, 11 through 16, which actually shows him. And it says, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Okay? See how it all ties in? I mean, you start to get this, this picture of how this all works. The armies in heaven, here's the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, representing our redemption, representing the blood of, of Jesus that washes us clean and white, white as snow. So, so these are humans that, that have been redeemed that are now following him. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. In Ephesians 6, in the, in, the, uh, uh, in the description of the armor of God, it says that the, the Bible is a sword. It's our sword. And so it's also referred to as a double-edged sword. So this is, this is the word coming out of the word in, in the form of a sword. And uh, it says that he should strike down the nations. So this is a time of judgment now. This is not the time that we're in right now where everyone has the opportunity to come to Jesus. This is a time of judgment where it's now too late. It says, uh, and he himself, uh, he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God, which will come at that time. And, uh, and, and then it ends with, and he, and, uh, he has on his robe... And on his thigh a name written, King of Kings 
and Lord of Lords. So like I said, Jesus left as a sacrificial lamb, but one day he's going to return as a conquering king. And he will reign over the earth, and he will reign with us. Those of us who have received Jesus will reign with him. Uh, we, we aren't going to float around in clouds with harps. Uh, we're going to actually be reigning you know, on the earth, the, the earth, and a new heaven and a new earth uh, that we see uh, in uh, Revelation 21. So, so those that receive Jesus, that have accepted Jesus as their Savior and, and are, are, are in the process of making Him their Lord, are the ones that will come back with Him and reign. Those who don't receive Jesus as Savior, those that, that choose not to believe in Him, that choose not to receive Him as Savior, that choose not to follow Him and, and be one of His disciples, uh, they will face uh, what's referred to as the white throne judgment in Revelation 20 and the wrath of God. And uh, I can tell you, no one wants that. No one wants that. That is an ugly, ugly thing. You don't want to come against the wrath of the God who created the entire world, the entire universe. So if you haven't received Jesus as your Savior, um, and, or maybe, maybe you've been kind of away from Jesus and, and you haven't really made Him Lord of your life, you're, you're, you've got one foot in the world still and one foot out in, in uh, the heavenly and, and you're trying to kind of you know, do both, both things, you haven't truly made Him Lord over your life, uh, you'll have an opportunity. We're going to have ministry time here in a moment, and you'll have an opportunity. Come forward. This is your time. If you're feeling prompted right now, if you're feeling kind of a funny feeling, uh, and, and you haven't received Jesus yet, that means that that's the Holy Spirit that's telling you this is your time. This is the time to come forward and, and receive Christ. Uh, if, if you have been maybe away from Jesus, a little bit, you may be prompted in the same way, come forward. And we'll have ministry time uh, for, for everything out there. But do, make sure you come forward and have someone pray for you. So the Bible, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> the Bible is all about Jesus. <clears throat> the whole Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, is all about Jesus. You just have to look. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, we thank you that we have a written Bible that gives us, it, it gives us the instructions for our life. It's a love story about how much you love us and how much you have sought to have relationship with us from the very beginning uh, to the very end. And we look forward, Lord, to that new heaven and that new earth. We look forward to, to uh, having an entire eternity with you and to reigning here on the earth with you, Lord. And Lord, I pray that, that if there are those in here who uh, have not received Jesus, that you would prompt them strongly and motivate them to be bold and come forward and have someone pray for them. And those that have maybe strayed a little bit away from you, they, they've already received you as Savior, but they haven't really made you Lord, that you will prompt them as well to come forward. And, and Lord, we, we know you are here in our midst. Your word says that where two or three are gathered in your name, that you are in the midst. And so we know, Jesus, you are here. Holy Spirit, you are here. And you are ready to heal and deliver and save. And we're grateful for that, Lord. We, we turn this time completely over to you to do your work in the ministry time, in the prayer time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to AZ Vineyard Church's podcast. We're located in Goodyear, Arizona. 
To learn more about our church, visit our website, azvineyard.com. That's A-Z-V-I-N-E-Y-A-R-D.com.